Maybe at work? In the car? Wherever you are. Geocache Talk podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com and by AMS Travel Sales. AMS Travel Sales is proud to offer hosted geocaching tours and cruises. Join us as we hunt for geocaches on our travel adventures. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. It's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you are at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this show about the great sport of geocaching. If you are watching live on YouTube, you can be part of the adventure tonight in the chat room and participate with others as they watch the show. If you are listening later, please give it a like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so that you can get all of the weekly geocache talk goodness. Uh, big thanks to the trail books for the music and our featured patrons, Burns Fire, Hockey Zombie, Ship to Shore, A. Holly S., Geodandrew, Direwolf821, Deuteronomy318, Sasquatch Lover, Anhe Ed Damon, Emily Renee, and our new patrons, Glowworm77. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get the famous blackout coin, which I'm showing right now. Ooh. Ooh, very cool. The very famous blackout coin. And other items during the year, as well as bonus content, invites to special events only for patrons, support levels start at as little as nano level now, which is $1 a month. So join Patreon, give us a buck a month, and you will be a patron. Well, let me welcome to the show Jeff May behind the cash. Behind the cash. Behind the cash, the line. <laughs> cash the line. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I get I get Derek's sometimes messed up with yours. I mix them together. <laughs> behind the cash, the line. That'd be interesting. Cash the line. The, the Bruce Zero, which is an area, right? Is an area, the Bruce. Oh, the Bruce Peninsula. Yes, yeah. Bruce is an area, but also you County, used yeah. that you that was a name you used for a while. So yeah, yeah. Cash the line with the foon. The foon. If you can go the foon, like <laughs> as you run the foon. I don't <laughs> see people do the foon much anymore, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least not it down was, here. It was really popular around here for a long time, right? Kind of like planking or yeah, 
all the different things people did, but it's cool looking. Yeah, you know. it's like a running man, yeah. Yeah, running man. I like that. Uh, all right. Um, well, welcome. Thank you for filling in for Jesse as uh, one of our favorite co-hosts. Honored to be here. Fill in. Thank you, sir. Um, well, let's jump right into uh, show 172 as we discuss how geocaching can change your life. How about that for... <laughs> Lives <laughs> changed everywhere. I tell you, that's sort of a big a big statement there, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. oh well, we'll be we're going to make it happen tonight because I think mm-hmm. we got some good info for people, mm. and uh, it'll be fun. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, so first, let's do a little bit of news, if we would. Um, first thing is, did you see this, Jeff? Did you see the uh, new list? experience yes very much (laughs) (laughs) what did you think when you went and looked at it um it's adding a whole lot of uh great interactive features um but i also tend to well this is kind of getting a little deeper but i I also tend to find that some of their new features Uh kind of forget about desktop and print type things so there's still a few things that need to be fixed and they're working on them yeah Um, but uh, it, it definitely adds a lot more functionality for people, which is huge. Um, they're doing their best. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. So Tom's want to know where Scott is. I will stay on track tonight, Tom. Thank <laughs> you. Jeff will help, so we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be on track. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was interesting. Um, I like that they've, you know, I'm not a big fan of the new dashboard. Well, I don't know. I, it's yeah. I, I still use the classic, the old one, too. and then yeah, switch over for a couple of the new features, but then switch back to the old. Right. One. <laughs> Need to make it a, just a separate, just make it a separate links instead of being yeah. back and forth. I guess, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it's okay. Um, I and guess I, and I think nice. it it reminded me about a cache I needed to fix. So I guess in one sense, it's nice because you yeah. know when you go to that the dashboard will say if you have any that are disabled, it goes, Hey, you got a disabled cache. You can go fix that one. And you're like, well, yeah, I will when I can, but yeah. I did, fi- I did fix one this week. Um, so S- Susan, and I, I told Susan before we went to dinner, I said, Hey, I need to swing by cause we need to go ahead and get this one back up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at the chamber and I don't want to, I don't want to lose that one. Cause I, you know, I, I talked to the chamber and, they were happy for me putting it there. So I was like, I don't want to lose that one. Mm-hmm. And even though I put notes, I feel, it feel kind of awkward if I don't fix one fairly quickly. I don't know about yeah. you, but I just, I just don't feel good about leaving my reviewer kind of hanging. I'll always leave a note. Cause I, you know, it's like, I am going to fix it. You know, trust me, mm-hmm. I will. But, you know, I've left a few like, for ah. a long time. Yeah. Like getting those little nudge reminders that the reviewer posts. <laughs> yeah. Ours will post. Um, and then I was like, dang it, I need to get out there and fix that. So I went by there and well, I understand why the cache is gone because it was in a tree. And the, the tree is gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The tree is gone. And so yep. I sent I sent a note to my buddy at the chamber and I go, Hey, um, I was I was just having fun with him. I was like, "Hey, can you go check on my cache in the tree in the in, behind the 
uh, behind the building, and there was uh, he didn't he was kind of silent. I says, I know the tree is gone. I went and fixed it tonight. Goes, oh good, thanks. I, was, <laughs> I didn't know how to tell you. We re- we took the tree out and took your cash with it. So <laughs> did they did they retrieve the cash at all? No, no, no. They didn't. It's nice because that's happened before. There's when uh, a cash that we went to search for and like things have been destroyed, but then the construction people have found it and take it and retrieved it and returned right. it to the owner. So I mean it can happen. You kind of hope that they wish that they would do that. Yeah. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Depends on whether they actually like take something down and clear things up or if they just like mulch everything. <laughs> right. Right there. Bye bye yeah. cash. Bye bye. <laughs> so it had been a couple it'd been a few weeks. I need to fix it. So it's up and running again. So happy for that. So yeah. uh okay. So I did want to mention um about uh and i'll put it in the show notes in case you're or in the uh, banner page down below if you happen to be anywhere <laughs> in the any anywhere I mean, if you know if you're anywhere close to colby kansas which i know most people aren't but if you happen to be take a trip over uh the the cash for that is or the event is right down below yep right where jeff's point gc8 D, like difficulty, T for terrain, four, N is in nature. So GC8, difficulty, terrain, for nature is the GC code for meet the Mingo crew. We're having an event next, or next, this coming Saturday uh, in Colby, Kansas, near Mingo. And we're going to get together. Uh, eat a meal together, and then we're going to at Jinx Zero Five, six hours away. Hey, that's <laughs> close. Come on, that's not bad. Um, but uh, you know, that's closer than some. So yeah, R- Ryan, you better be there. <laughs> you're the one that set it up. So <laughs> yeah, if you're on Earth somewhere, as Tom says you need to make it over. No, but if you have to be, you know, I don't know, a couple hours away, come on over and uh, be with us. So. Oh yeah, audio. He's he is. You are close. I can't. Hey, uh, it's a 19-hour drive for me. <laughs> I think they they live. I think in Colby. They are maybe close. I'm not sure. No, oh, they might be down. Uh, tell us. Remind us where you are. I know you're close. We're he's going to be there. So they're going to be there. So I'm looking forward to meeting them. Um, so again, uh, we are going to be doing. Um, planning we're meeting with a bunch of the folks out there next weekend um we will have uh some announcements i've asked ryan what i can say (laughs) during the show what i can't say yet but we've got some big we actually have some really big announcements that i'm just dying to to tell you about uh, but can't do it yet so oh hayes owen yeah hayes thank you yeah that's not that's not far at all. So, yep. Uh, Hayes, thank you very much on that. Um, so, uh, Jesse will be probably on line. He probably is not going to be able to make the trip uh, to Mingo, but uh, he'll probably be on. Um, oh, cool. See, there you go. We have to go find some of the. Audience. So, very cool. Yep. Uh, all right. So, there's the Mingo info. Um, next, want to mention about Podcast of Hope. 
uh, and something that happened this week. I think it was very cool. I went today to just kind of look and see where, you know, make sure it was up and running. And Jeff, apparently it's up and running. We're at 4% of That's our goal. Already. So, yay, <laughs> 4%. So we're going to make it to 5,000 this year. Mm. Uh, funds no raised. Problem. Yeah. Um, Jeff's got something in the works. Uh, we're going to have him on. You think you'll be on most of the eight, do you think? I think I think most of the time, yeah. Okay. And we'll check in periodically with you during that uh uh behind the cash, not not you, but behind the cash, <laughs> Derek. Derek, yeah. He's hoping to be at um hopefully he's gonna be out at St. Jude. Mm-hmm. And so he's working on that. Keep working on that, my friend, because we'd love to have you be uh out actually at there because he's he lives now in that area. So that'll be uh, nice. Yeah. So that, that'll be fun. So cash line's going to do their thing. Jeff's, uh, Jeff is going to do that. And then Derek's hoping to be there. And we've got other people lined up. Um, we've got um, uh, some special guests. We're working on a couple other special guests, but we do have a couple that um, we're very excited about. Um, and so, you know, really it's going to be, it'll be fun uh with lots of different folks it's gonna be a a great time so it's always uh, been fun like that that amount of time each hour being something different something uh new subject new people it's it's a great cycle for a a marathon a podcast it is yeah i like it because it really seems to go you know we do an hour we get another another set of folk and we keep going and it seems to go better i think uh it's easier for me obviously to break it up audio wise I can break it up into um, to the different uh, – I can break it out into eight different shows, and then mm-hmm. I basically put them out in, in not all at one time. And so the audio people kind of get – consume it a little bit differently than the, the YouTube or the – we can't – the interesting thing is Facebook will only do four hours. So mm-hmm. we won't be doing uh, Facebook um, for Podcast to Hope. We'll probably just be doing YouTube because mm-hmm. – I don't know about Periscope, but Facebook won't let you do more than four. So, oh, well, no big deal. Mm. All right. Well, let's get into the show proper. And I'm going to make a um, shameless plug, but I'm there's a reason why I'm making the shameless plug. And that is... Um, I took some of the information from for tonight from the book I wrote, first book I wrote, called Hide and Seek, Life Lessons of a Geocacher. I'll put it up on the screen so you can at least see what I'm talking about. You can get on Amazon. Yes, shameless plug. Hide and Seek, Life Lessons of a Geocacher. Um, but some of, the, some of the notes I've got from it are um, come from the book. So if you've read the book, you'll kind of get an idea of where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some of it so um all right so as you know or some people know well let me ask you jeff um mm-hmm. when somebody asks you what is geocaching do you have basically created a in your head sort of a 
you know, 15 second, 30 second, here's what it is so that you can kind of tell people what, what you're doing and all that. Well, I, I kind of have a pet peeve with the treasure hunt thing. So I, I tend to, you know, describe mm-hmm. it as an outdoor scavenger hunt, a worldwide outdoor scavenger hunt that uses GPS. Right. I, I like to focus more on the, uh, the adventure, the experience rather than right. finding things that you can keep and take because it's treasure. Like the, the treasure yeah. really is the entire thing. Right. The scavenger hunt to me just feels a lot more uh, game and experience focused than right. tangible swag. So Yeah. And obviously that's the next question we always get is what do you find? You know, mm-hmm. and so oh, yeah. what's the, what's the best thing or the, the strangest thing you found or the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, something that I've kind of, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't think I stole from anybody, but the thing that, you know, I, I don't feel like I did, but I do have a sort of a, a standard thing that I always say, and that is, this one right here. This is what I say. It's treasure hunting where the treasure is the hunt. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the point. It gets to the second point. Like you were saying is that, cause people are going to ask, well, what do you find? And it's like, well, that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, I like that. Cause it, it does redirect it back around. To yeah. Finding what the treasure is. Yeah. Yeah. The treasure is in the hunt. Not that you find anything. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, so some of the things that I talk about in the book um, are, you know, um, I start out with a story that um, as a kid, I remember we would be waiting for um, whatever. We'd be standing outside. I remember I'd be standing next to my dad and uh, he would be looking at the ground and I'd be like, what are you doing, dad? And he goes, I'm looking for four leaf clovers. I'm like, Oh, cool. How do I find one of those? You know? Cause apparently if he thinks it's cool, then I'm going to think it's cool. Cause I love my dad. So, um, so he would look and we would look and look once in a while he'd find one, you know, and he'd show me, but I think there was this, for me, it was that initial, you know, something is something is hidden if you want to think of it that way mm-hmm. and you know trying to find it yeah i think there's something and i don't know how really i've i've tried you know put a whole book together about it but trying to trying to 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 capture that idea of um finding something that's hidden yeah you know and you know, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like um, the uh, playing on the, on the the love of discovery, like whether you're discovering the cash at the end or discovering along the journey, it's like you're you're finding something. Right. I like the Fours Awakens comedy. He says, "Life, live your life by a compass, not a clock." <laughs> I like that. But you know, there there's something, um, and we've all hope well, hopefully everybody. You know, it's always been fun to. You go on an Easter egg hunt where you you mm-hmm. find you do find treasure. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we did uh, Easter egg hunts all the time. Right. I had a, a friend when I was a kid, and uh, whenever we were over at his house, we this was when marbles were really popular. We'd all, oh, yeah. we'd all have marbles, and then we'd just you know spend uh, spend the night. One person would hide marbles around the basement, right? And it's like literally hide and seek, go out and try <laughs> to find, find all the marbles right. and collect them together. We'd play games like that all the time. It's, there's something about 
about the hunt, like going and, and searching and finding something. It's like there's a, a tangible success to finding something that you were looking for. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where kind of it all started. And so um, we've got some uh, – we're going to get into a couple of different sort of topics tonight. Um, we're going to get into um, – couple of different le- lists and we're going to get into some geocaching life hacks at toward, toward the end, but I'm going to start with um, sort of the, the, what the geocaching life's worth is kind of what I'm, it's not really life, but the, the, the word, the life of geocaching, what are some things that you want to do? Um, and that is, one is you want to geocache what you love is the first one I want to talk about. So one of the things, and this kind of gets into why you want to keep, why if you, obviously if you geocache, why would you want to continue geocaching? And one of the things that I, I wanted to, to kind of mention is that um, I want uh, people to think about doing what doing in geocaching what you love don't do what somebody else loves. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but do what you love. Mm-hmm. I mean, find find what you want to do within the sport, and I still call it a sport, but I, because I got reasons. Read my book, but uh, um, find what you love, and then do that. Now, for me, um, yeah, you know, Les, Leslie had a good. It does have a good point. See, it's the thrill, thrill of the hunt, the adventure. Yeah. Um, but some people are like, oh, you know, well, what about, you know, have you done X, Y, Z challenge before? It's like, that sounds cool. I'll look into it. Um, but they kind of like, look at you like, well, why don't you want to do that challenge? It's like, well, I might someday, but right now I have no interest in that. I was going to say like challenges really are the, like the best example of that because, uh, the person who puts out the challenge cash has to qualify for themselves. Yeah. So you know that if somebody's putting out challenge caches, they, their challenges are based on basically what they like to do. Yeah. And there's so many challenge caches out there that focus on things that you don't necessarily like to do them. So yeah. those kind of become more like a chore. I just want to get that off the map. So I've got to do all this to qualify for that challenge. <laughs> <sighs> right. But if you find a challenge that focuses on something that you love about geocaching, it's so much easier if you don't already qualify for it. Right. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, geocache what you love. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one would be, uh, this is always interesting too, to, to discuss geocaching what you're good at. Um, actually for work, I was I was required to read, uh, it was a small book, and it's like, oh gosh, required reading. Well, I'm back in school or something, but actually it was pretty good. We had to read, I didn't have to, I, I basically they asked you if you wanted to do these optional classes and I, it sounded interesting. So I did it. And it was, it was about strength building. And I don't know if, if you've ever been through a class like this, Jeff, or heard about classes like this, but the idea behind it was, uh, and it'll sound kind of weird at first, but the idea behind it was don't work on your weaknesses, mm-hmm. work on your strengths, because if you're good at something, just get better at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the idea was that um, build on your strengths because if you're good at something, then work. You know, you can even become even better. It's I mean, if you're really good at something, or if you're 
you're good at something, you then become really good at something. Yeah. And the idea behind that was if you geocache and you love like Tom loves puzzles, you know, he should continue to work on puzzles because number one, he loves it. But number two is he's good at it. So it's not something to be uh, afraid of doing, which I know some people are like, Oh, well you've got to do the opposite. You need to go do, you know, you got to go do five fives now because you don't, you don't, you know, you know, you're, that's your weak point. Go do that. And it's like, well, but you know, maybe, maybe it's better to really focus on the things that you're good at because there's a lot of fulfillment, you know, uh, in life if you do work on, work on your strength. And it's kind of like, um, jack of all trades and master of none. It's like, right. Exactly. If you're good at doing something, then focus on doing that because chances are there's other people who can fill in maybe your holes. And then it it gives a lot more variety to what's out there as well. Um, And if somebody's looking for something specific, they could come to you because you are good at that. As opposed to if you just kind of are a little bit good at everything, who's going to ask you to do something that requires super skill right so yeah focus on something that you're really good at and get good at it get known for it yeah yeah interesting thought something to to mull around and think about another one is geocaching what is good for you um and kind of some things i thought about obviously health wise Mm -hmm. um um you know if you are me like me and need to get out and maybe walk a little more or whatever, then it's good to kind of try to stretch yourself in a little bit as far as uh, doing some caches that are a little further plan a little bit. I mean, you know, you can't, you know, don't kill yourself, but I mean, you want to do, you know, if you're, you know, in decent shape, but you've say, feel like you're at a point where, you know, you want to kind of do something a little different. Kayaking might be a good thing. It builds a different type of muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you probably know, Jeff, you probably get done with with kayaking. You're like, oh, <laughs> I, those muscles hurt. They don't, they don't really hurt. I'm going to find that more with canoeing because there's a lot more effort oh, right. to get the canoe moving. A kayak is very simple. It's just like, boom, boom. yeah, it's much more balanced too because you've got the double paddle. So you're balanced on both sides canoe it's like yeah (laughs) Yeah. i guess sea kayaking would be a little tougher too in certain certain points but i guess the idea behind my the comment i had was to kind of look for ways to kind of push yourself a little further Mm -hmm. you know know, um oh yeah there's a uh you know that's a good point after uh you know stroke i love lpcs i love lpcs too i'm a big fan (laughs) um i really am but that gets into a whole other thing about my just fascination with turning a light on. Is my I always use that as an example. I'm always fascinated by you with with if you turn a light on and a light comes on. It's really cool. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, using my phone. You know, I can find that I can find a hidden treasure somewhere. To me, that's still fascinating. But yeah, um, if you're if, if you're in a certain you know whatever whatever it is that you and it's it's really personal. It's whatever you feel like you need to do next to kind of maybe push yourself a little bit mm-hmm. is what you need to be, is really needed. Not what, not what somebody else is doing, mm-hmm. but really what is it that you, you know, yeah. do you need to start doing, you know, cash runs that are 
you know, six miles, 10 miles, whatever. I mean, if you're at that point, you know, if you need to start going up the side of a hill or mountain, that's what you need to do. That's mm-hmm. not what you need to tell somebody else to do, obviously. But yeah. and everybody know. has different opinions about LPCs. Like, right. um, and, and, and that's the thing. It's not a matter of whose opinion is better or worse or right and wrong. It's just some people love them. Some people don't. Yeah. That's the only thing you can't like, don't get into this debate and battle about what is good and what is bad. Cause that's just going to make enemies is nobody's going to get happy. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to enjoy that. Yeah. It's never good. Uh, and they fulfill a role. Like we said with, with rude Kool-Aid. I mean, that was, they fulfilled a role, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something I always talk about. I always, you always mention the one that's down the road at a, at this, um, at the best Western here in town, because I get people all the time who are like, I'm so thankful you put a cash there. A, I didn't have a car. I was on a bus road. You know, I was, I was, I was in, you know, I'm on a I'm on a bus with some a bunch of other folk, and I can't, you know, I can't get to a cash, but I wanted to get a cash, mm-hmm. and I could walk to that one and walk back, you know, because I don't have yeah. a car right now because I'm driving across, you know, country with other folks. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's an example of a, a good idea for an LPC is put one, you know, that's a good spot for one is put one where people are popping in town and they may not have time or have the means to get around. And, and I think as well, like if, if you really want to put a, a, a lamppost cache, then yeah. I, to a degree also kind of think about where you're thinking of putting it. Because if you're putting it right next to like a big park, you could yeah. be like blocking out a whole bunch <laughs> Ruin of it, yeah. really good areas for somebody else who might want to put like an ammo can and a stump or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's like, yeah, in, in almost everything, you're still kind of thinking about other people as well. Yeah. But, yeah, Like there's nothing inherently wrong with an LPC. But that brings up a good point in the fact that if you're going to place a cache somewhere, and we're going to get into cache placing in a little bit, but think about the wide mm. <laughs> girth that your cache is creating. It's not just <laughs> this tree. You've now created this radius of 528 feet or whatever. What's I don't know what is in meteors, meters, uh, Jeff. Uh, uh, 161 meters. 161 meters. You now, which I don't know what that means. It, that seems like a long, that seems point like one miles is just easier to say. <laughs> I know, point one. So, but the idea is that don't, you know, think about the fact that wherever you place that and get published, you now have taken up this big radius. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Jeff. Cause I mean, that's, um, that happens down here sometimes like say in a park, if you think strategically, you might be able to get two or three in a park. Mm-hmm. If you stuck it dead center you know you might ruin a whole section mm-hmm. you know but that's a good and, that's that's a very good point and kind of bringing it back to the health thing as well it's like if you're in a town with lots of parks and lots of uh parking right. areas and you put a whole bunch of lpcs in the parking lots right that can take out a lot of desire for people to go through the parks like to right. hikes and walking and exploring out in the actual nature as opposed to the cement playground <laughs> yeah Think about the parks and trails and um, even some of those ones just uh, like along a trail in a park can be just as quick and easy to get as an LPC if it's well-placed, if it's strategically placed. Yep. Thanks, Scott. Yes, I did get on track <laughs> quick. So there you go. Um, yeah, uh, Jinx, a good point. Always maximize the area for the best type of hide. Exactly. Very good. And then last point of that section was just geocache what is rewarding to you. And we kind of covered that. So, all right. Um, 
So uh, in the next section, kind of we kind of covered too as far as um, what's called inflow. I don't know if you're fam- if some of y'all are familiar with um, the idea uh, behind it, but it's it's kind of that idea of um, you know do what do what you love, do what's good for other people. Um, you know, uh, you know, th- those kind of I- items is important. Yeah. Um, Things just kind of click. They, they fall into place and it, it makes it, it's good for everybody, including. Yeah. Yourself. You know, that's something we, we, uh, we don't, we don't seem to get, uh, enough of, which is, is, and we'll get into some more of this too in a little bit, but is that whole idea of think about, think about what you're doing. Think about, you know, don't just blindly go, oh, you know, there's a spot. I really like it. I'm going to take it and we'll put a cash there. <laughs> and then you're like. <sighs> well, that, that whole, there wasn't a cash here and I thought there should be. So there is now. <laughs> right. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe you're not the one to do it. Maybe. Somebody else should be the one to do that. Maybe this is an opportunity that has opened up for you to mentor somebody who mm-hmm. hasn't put any caches out. And maybe that's because you keep hogging everything <laughs> yeah. and you can't put out a bunch of caches and then go, Hey, why can't people put in caches in my area? What's the, what's the deal? And you look at the map and you're like, where are they going to put them? Yeah. I mean, you, you took them all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think about that. I yeah. mean, if you're in a, you know, if that's yeah. the situation you're in. Yeah. And like you said, when it comes to like mentoring, don't assume the worst. Like if you're going to contact somebody about, you know, why did you put this here? Like, I don't want to say be considerate, but think about the fact that they might be new or something. Like there's so many people who uh, their first contact with another geocacher has been negative because that person immediately thought, well, they're like an idiot for doing this. Why are you doing this? It's so obvious you wouldn't do this. Right. And they have this bad experience because it's their first or second cash. It's like, oh, they didn't even think about other stuff. So, I mean, it's a good opportunity to um, be considerate and and, uh, and and friendly. And, you know, if you're wrong and they did that on purpose, then you can get to that point and deal with them respectfully. But right. don't, don't, don't assume the worst. Be, be a good yeah. example. Set an example for a positive community. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. Um, so, um, you know, there's, there's some other things about that, that, um, I, you know, we, we talked about earlier, the fact that you should be, do what your, do what your strengths are, but I want to counter that a little bit, uh, by saying that don't be afraid to attempt to do something outside of your comfort zone and, you know, that's something that um, I've really tried to do more. I think it was about a year ago I tried to do more, uh, really get into puzzles a little more. Mm-hmm. I know some people are like, I love puzzles. I hate puzzles. You know, <laughs> you got, boom, you got everybody, and then you got everything in between, you know. And so, uh, you know, there and people mentioned uh, even already tonight in the chat room about how, you know, they weren't into it originally, but now – they're more into it than they used to be. Um, I think that, you know, for me it was, 
step back, take some time. Cause I think we've all done this. I don't know. Maybe not. You tell me if you've done this, Jeff, but where I'm going to get into puzzles. Oh, here's one. This one looks tough. Let me start with this one. <laughs> and you're like, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing here. Yeah. I have no idea. You know, yeah. I don't really want to bug Tom on this one, but <laughs> I, I just give up, you know, or I had one and I've, I've told, I think I've told a story before where I've gone, went down this whole rabbit trail uh, and worked hard. I mean, I spent hours working on this thing and I was breaking through the, you know, the barriers this guy had put up and I'd gotten to this point. And I was like, Oh, I think I've got it. And you go to translate the clue and it, and the clue came back basically as, Hey, you have found one of my Easter eggs. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> this is not the, the information yeah. you're looking for, but yeah. you know, oh, but hope you enjoyed it. It's like, no, I didn't enjoy that. And on top of that, I'm going to quit doing your puzzle because you're driving me crazy and I don't, I don't want to be there. So anyway, yeah. Puzzle, puzzles are a, a big, uh, a, a big issue. It's <laughs> there's so many varied opinions. There are, but um, yeah, for like that that sort of thing, I still remember uh, my favorite puzzle solve was probably one that was um, down in Ohio. Uh-huh. It was uh, two year first to find with a friend. We were just out um, doing some caching on a little island, and uh, this one popped up, and we're looking at it, and hasn't been found in two years. And so we we thought about it. Uh, both of us kind of separately thinking about how to, it was just a picture on right. the, as a description. That's it. Yeah. And we're looking at it like, this is a five difficulty and nobody's got it. I wonder if we could solve it. So we sit in there and working on it day after day, thinking about it. And then we go out caching this one day and I'm looking at it and then something pops out and I have followed that, that uh, trail and eventually come to the point where there was one final little touch changed to the, what I had. Right. And then I got a green light on the solver. Like, <laughs> Wow, you're what? like cool. What? <laughs> like, and then I, I don't know how many people were working on it, but uh, this CEO had gone through so much drama because nobody had solved it, and so he was getting blamed. It's like an unsolvable puzzle, uh, unsolvable puzzle, and so he's getting a lot of flack because nobody can solve this thing. Right. And then the two of us, we were working on it, and just somehow something clicked, and we got it within a week. I think it was like six days or something. And then right. as soon as that happened. We're thinking, okay, now somebody else is going to solve it and somebody else is going to get the FDF, so we have to get down there as fast as possible. So it was that weekend, like two days later, we uh, took the long six-hour drive. This is before I had a license, so he was driving oh, wow. six hours to get wow. down. To We let the CO know that we solved it um, right. to get the FTF, and we sat and chatted with him about puzzles and puzzle caching and all the drama that he had to deal with. And ironically, after that, he got even more flack because, oh, Canadians have now solved it. And what happened was our um, our love for this puzzle. We talked about it how we did it afterwards, and yeah. uh, and then a couple of other people nearby w- looked at it, and then they solved it without our help. And then they went down to log it, and then there was oh, even wow. more drama because now all oh, those Canadians are passing around the answers. Yeah, I passed around the answers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I mean, it was an awesome two year FTF. But puzzles are so contentious to some. It can be, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom brought up a good point. He says that you, you learn something on that red herring. You use, yeah. That's true. That's true. And so, you know, one of the things I did, and this is uh, get into, you know, something I, I, I got into discussion, obviously in the book, I'm bringing it up again. I'm sorry, but was this idea of obstacles mm-hmm. and that how do we handle an obstacle? Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, for me, it was all puzzles were an obstacle. But what I did was I stepped back, I looked through the list, and I started finding easier puzzles, mm-hmm. easier as far as what they thought was was easier, mm-hmm. which may which actually were harder for me. But I was able to start the process of solving some of these puzzles, and I started mm-hmm. to solve them. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of – a little better, and I think I sort of enjoyed the ones I did, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, no, go ahead. Uh, you can finish your thought. <laughs> no, I just was saying this that the the idea was that I I feel better about them now, and the fact that yes, there are puzzles out there that are really really difficult, and that's okay mm-hmm. because I know people might enjoy that, but for me, I find the puzzles that are challenging to me that aren't so challenging that I can't do them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I've found that, you know, it's, it's sort of the idea of like, I could do a three mile hike. I can't do a 30 mile hike. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so I, I've, I've learned you don't have to, to find every cache. You don't have to solve every puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, yeah, one of the things well, I think a lot of regions have this where um, somebody or some group have put out a series of uh, puzzle education type series. Sure. So we have we have a, a puzzle ed series, which they're pretty much just all uh, power trail, like all along a trail. Right, but right. they're more instructional puzzle descriptions where you, you look at it and then you see the puzzle, but then they explain how to solve it as well. Right. And uh, and, and those are really introductory because puzzling itself is is a vast array of um conceptual ideas but just just understanding like how to how to um recognize patterns or some of the basic cipher types things like that that you can learn and then start to apply in different ways it it kind of trains your brain to think like a puzzler and um, like even when it comes to uh like you said with uh, some of the five difficulties that you wanted to give up or uh, hard puzzles right uh, i almost look at you know with the five terrain they're generally you need special equipment I kind of look at five difficulty puzzles as mm. you need specialized knowledge. Like, right. Uh, we have some electricians. Yeah, we have electricians in town, and they they might put out uh, puzzles that you have to understand how like circuitry works and how the like, electronic terms and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and those are typically five difficulty. You look at that as like what I had no idea, but you have to do research or ask somebody who knows what it all means. Sure. And you, in that process, you kind of learn as you do it as well, if you're interested in learning it. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like higher difficulties, I tend to find it's like make or break. You either want to do it and learn from it or you don't do it or you ask somebody for the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, or clues or something to hint, Mm -hmm. kind of get you some, get you down the road a little, little bit, get you uh, a hint or two. So, Mm -hmm. all right, we'll get into um, tonight's, list of 10 um, what I call geocaching life hacks. So first one is, is to stay active at some aspect of geocaching. So I, I'm always a little bit sad when I hear about uh, different people that I've either cached with or I know who have given up on geocaching for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, I'm always wondering why did they give up and why did they quit? You know, what, what did, what was it that 
in a sense, kind of drove them away from something that I, I love so dear. And, um, I never really, I don't think really get a, a good answer, but then I always think of myself as like, well, what is it that would drive me completely out of the game? And I guess the point that I, I, I got to as far as a life hack is, is to, is that, is that idea. And, and that is, is to stay active at some aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like puzzles, don't do them. If you don't like, you know, D5, T5s, don't do it. I mean, if you don't want to fill out your physics grid, don't do it. Nobody, I mean, you know, don't, uh, you know, I don't care. I mean, uh, don't, I I don't care if you do it (laughs) and you shouldn't care if I do it. I mean, that's, you know, um, so yeah, you know, Tom's got a good point, you know, about as far as keeping your brain active, your body active, keep everything else active. Yeah. (laughs) So that's true. So, but the idea, I guess, is that find what you love and and love it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far as if you love LPCs, go find every LPC you can find and love it. And just enjoy, enjoy mm-hmm. it. And don't, I guess that's part of that, uh, you know, find what you love, but also forget what everybody else wants you yeah. to do. Like, don't denigrate people who like things that you right. don't. Like. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Right, don't denigrate those people, but also don't denigrate others. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and don't don't listen to people who are. Oh well, you know, you really should be. You know, you should be doing. You know, you know, I don't know. You should be. You should be traveling the world and caching. Well, true. I, I'd but, add to that. Um, like also keep an open mind. Like don't yeah. don't be to the point of well, I like what I'm what I want to do, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I'm just going to keep doing what I like to do. Yes, you, you kind of close yourself off to other possibilities, other things that might help. So it's like yeah, fo- focus on what you like to do, but don't be so focused that yes. you lose sight of other potential. Yeah, there's a fine line. Mm-hmm. There really is a fine line between, but. What I think happens uh, is that people will get caught up in the. My friends are doing these twelve different things, and I don't want to do them. Therefore, I kind of go, eh. Geocaching has kind kind of become more of a more of more work and less fun, and that's why I quit doing it. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 don't quit. Yeah. Just stop doing whatever these people are telling you to do. Do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But yes, I agree with you. You want to keep that fine line of curiosity in these other areas so and I, right. I think it's it's easy to get uh frustrated with people because if you value relationships with people yeah and even if you love what you're doing with geocaching but you start your relationships get soured for whatever reason yeah uh, like like um geocaching ken was saying personal politics and drama can drive people away it's like yes just even though you still love the hobby you love doing what you're doing just the fact that there are people who are problematic that you can't agree with. And, you know, there's drama that itself can be something that sours the experience, uh, even to the point of like not attending events anymore. And then suddenly there's really not much that you want to do. And you take a step back. Sometimes yeah. you might have to do that too. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. So uh, next point is about taking it slow. Enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. So, um, the point here was that uh, 
uh, and it reminds me of what I used for the the logo for um, for this for this uh, podcast. Uh, and I think a lot of us have seen that the picture um, of the guy sitting with the dog. Have you seen this picture? I'll bring it up. I've got a picture of it. <laughs> so, uh, and I'll describe it as I'm showing it because for our audio listeners, but um, there's a picture I saw the other day and now I'm finding it. This is good podcasting right now. That's folks. right. Hope you're enjoying this quality podcast right now. Um I will find it. Yes, Lincoln. Oh, I love, I love Gary scrolling through his pictures. This camp, this is a lot of fun. Um, I'm just gonna, have to, <laughs> I'm just gonna describe it, I think, because I can't seem to. Oh, here it is. I found it just after ah, that. That's just gonna. Look. So let me solo for a minute. Solo, solo. So have you not seen this picture yet? Oh yes, yeah. For this podcast, yeah. This episode, yeah. This is why the dog is happier. Mm. The guy is worried about. You know, some plane trip he's going to take. Does he have enough money? Is his car okay? What's the dog thinking about? Just being there with the dude. I mean, that's why he's happier. And that's exactly, that was exactly my point is that, you know, we need to become like that. We need to be, you know, the person who goes wherever they go geocaching if you go to an event you know and we get busy i i I know that's you know that's the nature of it but um for like going caching one of the things i tried to do was just be there and just enjoy being there and talking with people that i normally don't get to talk to and hang out with people i don't normally get to hang out with and just enjoy the process and not get caught up too much in um, worrying about other things. And so, you know, it's really easy to get burnout because you're doing so many things. There's so many aspects of geocaching. You want to experience it all. And there there are people who really jump in and go nuts. And then, you know, a year or two later, they've done it all and it's just tired and they want to take a break. But um, even, even like uh, as, as a vlogger, it's like you're, you're thinking so much about, okay, if I'm making a video, I want this footage and that footage and I want to interview this person and I want to see that and do that. And that can just, it can overflow. So sometimes it's just yeah. like, okay, I want to go to an event and just enjoy the event. Right. I'm not do anything. I'm just going to have fun, find a couple of caches, chat with people, you know, just yeah. take it easy for a bit. And, and yeah. same thing with geocaching. It's like, especially with challenges. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. You got to, once so many challenges you, simply. <laughs> yeah, once in a while you do have to step away from those, yeah. I think. Well, yeah. and, and you hear that most with people doing streaks, right? Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Oh, I got bored after 10 days, and other people are going yeah. a thousand days. Like, everybody has a oh. limit. And uh, you just do what, um, like, take it slow, but do what you enjoy. And when it's no longer fun, then don't do it anymore. You don't do have to. Different. Nobody's yeah. forcing you to do anything. Yeah. Like, Rook likes to comment about enjoy life. Life is short. I love geocaches and friends. Mm-hmm. It's very true. You know, um, you know, that's just, it, it's, um, yeah. Oh, Dan was, Dan was mentioning another, another one of our, our fabulous vloggers. Times just need to cash, not worry about filming, which has got to be tough for you guys. <laughs> Cause it's different, you know, for podcasts, 
we don't really have to, I mean, the podcast is a certain time. I don't have to think about it, you know, in, in a sense. But you're like always, oh, oh, I, oh, maybe I can capture this. Oh, maybe I can grab this. You know, maybe I can put this together into a vlog of some type and this might help, blah, 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 you know. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but so, yeah, take it slow. Enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, we kind of talked about work on your geocaching health, mm-hmm. um, whatever you need to do, whatever you feel like is, is going to help you, uh, health wise, whatever happens to be definitely work on that. Well, and, and there's uh, doctors who recommend geocaching for people who need to get out and be active. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just hiking it, the, 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 just the aspect of geocaching, keeping something on your mind when you go out to search for something adds a little more to that health aspect it gives you more of a motivation even to get out and get the fresh air and get that even just a matter of slow uh regular exercise like yeah yeah we'll get we're gonna get a little bit more into that here in a moment but number four is about surround your geocaching with with good friends avoid being a geocaching island i think that's key i know a lot of people love to go geocaching by themselves and that's okay i understand um, but you almost kind of need to, in my opinion, you need to geocache, uh, you, your geocaching needs to, in a sense, sort of match your personality. Mm. So if you're like me, um, you don't want to geocache by yourself. In fact, I, I rarely geocache once in a while. I will cause, uh, geocache at lunch at work. I'll go do that. But then again, I usually try to periscope at some kind of sense, trying to grab something and bring them with me. But, um, you know, I have learned that, you know, I want to geocache with somebody else. That's when I find geocaching to be fulfilling. So that's what I'm going to do. If you're the kind of person who does that's not good, you know, it's not what you, it's not your thing, then don't go geocaching with a bunch of people. I mean, (laughs) if you're, if it goes against your nature, I mean, I can understand doing it some of the time. Like if you're in an, if you're in an event, you know, um, you know, you, you might want to go with, you know, don't, don't not do it because that's not really your thing, but you know, you know, Tom makes a good point about go alone at times. He likes it, but he'd rather go with a group. So, you know, that's, uh, Try to geocache as much as possible mm. within whatever your whatever your personality fits best. So yeah. that's, I, I kind of see that the key would be finding those people that you click with, even if it's just for geocaching. Like the, I, I have um, a bunch of friends that I really only connect with with through geocaching. Right. Like if we do anything, we're geocaching, but we really connect there, and it adds a lot to the experience, the fun. Um, it keeps you social because you might meet some of their friends as well. And yeah. You know, it's just kind of generally better that way. Even if it's just one or two people, yeah. Um, just being with somebody else adds that level of interaction that you wouldn't necessarily get being alone. It's it's just a different dynamic. It's not better or worse. It's just different. It's positive. Yeah. It's exactly. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Uh, where's Wander says I'm a loner. Geocache by myself. Yeah, I love to meet others on the trail. Um, but you know, he's kind of found that that's what that person wants to do. So you know, don't try to buck always the trend and do something you're probably, you know, not going to enjoy because that's not the, the point of it all. So, 
It even uh, said like uh, <laughs> with that uh, meeting up with other cashers. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, it's almost like very chameleon like. Um, right. Because the the kind of people that you team up with also kind of dictate the kind of geocaching you do. Because <laughs> um, like for instance, if I'm with some friends who are very much more outdoorsy, then yeah. I'm. I'm out with them in their canoe and I'm, and I'm doing stuff with them. We're going on, you know, long drives and hikes right. and stuff like that. But then I've also got friends who are much more casual and, you know, with, uh, yeah, with some of the videos I do with team, team fart, F A R R T. Yes. We, we cash so often together and I'm the youngest of the group, but we just have a blast. And if we're doing yeah. stuff, then I'm kind of generally the one who does the more physical ones like tree climbs. Yeah, but, um, we just have so much fun because yeah, we, we connect, our personalities connect, and it's just a really enjoyable experience. So, I mean, yeah, yeah find, find the people you connect with and go cashing with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, y'all went to Scotland together. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. I mean, that's a... That's neat. That's a full commitment right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I mentioned in chat, we did the ET highway and it was three other friends and that was four relatively large guys in one vehicle for four days. And we completed the ET highway power trail in, in three of those days with wow. like 901 day. It's a marathon. It was just, it, it was is. a completely different experience. It is uh, right. But yeah. And then we had a, a, a a motel room which was really small so we're really cramped and it was very <laughs> it's like, so it's, in memories in the car cramped yeah. in the hotel room <laughs> hopefully when you you, have to, you, you went somewhere with a little more space you know yeah, yeah. that's great you, you make memories that way good experience oh absolutely yeah everybody should well i say everybody should do that if it fits your personality yeah. that's something you really need to do is mm-hmm. to get out and do something like that mm-hmm. um so number five, overcoming obstacles. And I've got a quote here um, from Helen Keller. Hopefully everybody knows who Helen Keller is. I mean, I know we got a lot of young folk, but uh, she was deaf and blind, but she overcame all that. Um, she said, the marvelous richness of human experience would lose something of reward of rewarding joy if there was no limitations to overcome the hilltop hour would not be half so wonderful if there were no dark valleys to traverse i thought that was interesting i mean she traversed stuff that is unbelievable Mm -hmm. you know nothing that we will hopefully ever have to go through um but it's an interesting thought the idea that obstacles are a good thing in a sense, uh, you know, the, the puzzles that we don't want to do, maybe we can slowly work toward doing because they're an obstacle or I, puzzles is not maybe a good example, but the, the cache at the top of the hill that we normally would skip, perhaps that is an obstacle that one day we want to actually try to overcome, you know, maybe something of that nature. It, it, you know, whatever it happened to be, you fill in the blank mm-hmm. with your own obstacle that you need to get through. But maybe that is something instead of looking at it as a, I just want to keep going around this obstacle, that perhaps one day, geocaching wise, maybe this is something that I need to take on 
and not just avoid. Mm. And maybe there's some fulfillment in overcoming that particular obstacle. Yeah. So, um, so, um, number six was have a healthy geocaching attitude. And I think you, you have a really good attitude about that. Um, and I think we all need to do that just to not look at, look for the good in a situation or in a, in, in people mm. as much as we can and not look at it from a bad perspective. Yeah. Uh, number seven was kind of really more uh, along the line of what you were talking about earlier. And it is, um, it's sort of odd sounding, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's a, a Japanese term, shrin yoku. Shrin yoku? Shrin yoku. <laughs> also known as uh, forest bathing. And that's really, don't, take, don't go in the forest, take your clothes off. That's not what it is. <laughs> it's, I, that. <laughs> <laughs> unless that's your thing, then I don't want to know about it. Uh, but um, there have been some, some different things written about it. Uh, it was developed in Japan. Well, or the thought of it, I guess it's been around forever, but the, but they kind of coalesce the idea. And that is that, um, it's a preventative healthcare, um, item. And it's actually part of Japanese medicine now. And that is, um, that research teams measured levels of cortisol, the stress hormone in subjects. And they found the levels significantly lower if people would get out, into a forest, into a forest environment. Mm -hmm. uh, and they say even the proximity to green spaces in most urban areas can result in lower stress levels, meaning just a walk in a local park to pick up some caches can help you lower your stress level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, without getting into all the, you know, want, want to get all the, um, you know, new age type thing because that's that's not your eyes thing at all. But there, it's interesting though to think about the fact that when we do get out into you know something of that type where you're away from buildings and you know artificial light and it just mm -hmm. it's just isn't natural. Makes perfect sense. We weren't designed to be indoors under fluorescent light all day, every day, you know, all day for, for weeks and months of time. The whole idea is that you can actually, you know, measure that. The fact that if people get out, even just in a park, they don't have to get out and, mm -hmm. you know, commune with nature and that in, in some crazy thing. It's just to get out and enjoy nature, um, even in a small sense, you don't have to necessarily, you may not have a forest near you, but the idea is to get out into the sun, get some vitamin D in your body, you know. Yeah, there's um, a science to it. There's yeah. a biological effect that happens even just being around natural space. Just yep. Fresh oxygen does the body good. And you know, um, and it's the same concept like uh, uh, city design and architecture that they all take that into consideration too. Like whether you've got like an atrium in the middle of the building with plants and bushes that people can go to sit and relax during the workday or something, right. 
or even um, like New York downtown with Central Park. Like that's a huge green space in the middle of this really super dense urban core. Like it, that that whole thing. It there is there's a, a truth to the fact that being out in nature is just in and of itself healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's cool. Like you're saying, um, you know, Scott brought up a point, which is, you know, that whole idea of whoever, you know, when they designed the city, uh, you know, made sense. They left that area, which works out perfect because so many people, that really is something they, you know, you need, you need to get away from some of that and, um, you know, get into these kind of different areas that uh, will help you. Uh, sort of de de stress a little bit, get out into nature, uh, get out into uh, even a park, or if you can get out and walk a trail. Those are always great if you if you have that opportunity. Uh, it's another reason why I love what geocaching did because it's technology and it's a game. And yeah, so got everybody who is not nature oriented to go out in nature because you have to play the game. You have right. to go out in nature, so it's got yeah. all all the like tech geeks and computer people and people who would just love being indoors or just sitting on a couch and watching TV. like it adds entertainment to being outside in nature. So now people are wanting to get out there. And I think I, I have no source for this, but I, I remember reading something about how there's more people going outside these days than there was a while back. Like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's important. You know, we found, you know, there always been plenty of maybe not necessarily scientific studies, but there've been people who've, who stayed a little bit of fact that, you know, if kids don't get out and get off of computers and, and technology that, you know, they do, they do, uh, they don't do as well in school and, and different things. Um, if they're a little more well-rounded, <coughs> that's something we need to do as well as to try to be, um, you know, well-rounded cashers get out into some of that area. And like you said, it really, it does, it does the body good. Um, so a couple more and we'll wrap up tonight, but, um, um, number eight was to give thanks to others who make your geocaching joyful. You know, um, I think often we can forget the people who make whatever wonderful, uh, events, geocaches, um, people spend a lot of time, you know, uh, bounce bounces in the chat room. There's a guy who will spend who who will labor. I mean, he is laboring over creating these gadget caches. Mm-hmm. You know, WV Tim. I mean, there's different people. I mean, I'm not saying that you're not laboring over a geocache yourself, but well, it's another good example of people who are good at something focusing on what they're good at, right. and by doing that, they're helping to make that aspect of geocaching better for people who enjoy that. Yeah, exactly right. We need to be thankful for that. We need to be thankful for the person who create who, you know, puts out a you know puts out a, you know, may not be the greatest cash in the world, but you know maybe that was a cash that you really wanted, and you know, or maybe that's a cash that they really wanted to put out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think often we we in the world we live today, geocaching we tend to constantly are pushing. We're pushing and pushing and pushing. You need to get better caches, do better caches, do, do more creative caches, do more gadget caches, do more burnout, you know, whatever it happens to be. 
and I and I understand. I agree with that to a point, but I think that once in a while we need to step back and and really identify. And I've I've, I've seen this. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I've seen where there'll be a cache and it's real simple and you find it and you go, that was wonderful. Uh, but it wasn't that, wasn't that memorable. But if you read the, I've, I've had, there was one not too far from here where when you read the description, person was brand new to geocaching. Mm -hmm. They're, they were very excited to hide their first cache, you know, and you know, that's the kind of person that you really want to put, and I did. I put a really nice mm. description of you know of what I did and the, the the fact that I was very thankful that they were in geocaching. And you know, so often we see people who are like, oh. And if you've ever been involved in events, Tom can tell you this, and other people who have been involved with with hosting events of, of any major major event size, is you get people who are just complaining and whining and moaning, and they're oh, this is terrible. You know, I've had to stay in line for 10 minutes. What is wrong with you people? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we just need to step back. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful for, you know, the ones that, um, you know, some of these caches may not be the greatest, but you know what? Maybe the person behind it. It, it means it can mean a lot to them that they put this cash out. Yeah. Uh, and and um, I was going to say, point. yeah. I was just going to say, we're thankful for rest area caches for sure. Boy, <laughs> doesn't help with kids. Yeah. I mean, it's another one that some people might complain because, oh, it's just a quick little cash at a little park and grab and a stop. But that can be huge for people with kids who just need a break or get out and run around for a bit. You know? Absolutely. Um, I I'm, uh, was going to mention that um, yeah. I was touching on that. The, the quality of the cash in one of my uh, caching connoisseur videos from a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah. Um, that where uh, I, I, it was a guardrail cash, but okay. the timing, the timing and the fact that I was on the long drive, I stopped to find it and it was like, yeah, I was just sitting in the guardrail. But then I took a walk 10 meters down and it was a bridge and uh-huh. it was by the um, uh, Lake Huron. And oh. it was just, it was looking out over, there was like a, a little culvert under the bridge, but uh-huh. just looking out over that um, uh, natural landscape at, with the sunset there was just like, who's the caching connoisseur? <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it, it, it was just a moment that added so much because there was a cache there and I stopped and it was a huge experience, even though yeah. on some other day, like sun high in the sky or raining or something at guardrail, it's not going to be interesting or fun. So like, right there's more than just the container. And if yeah. you can somehow enjoy the cash um, for more than that, then you get a lot more out of it. You never really know what the value could be in a, in a simple little geocache. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and you know, Tom mentions, and this is something we all need to do is to give thanks. All those that came and said, or emailed thank yous for uh, geowoodstock. Mm. More than made up for the few who complained. So yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a good point. So, and then um, number nine, not all wonder are lost. Actually, maybe getting lost once in a while is good for you. Uh, I had a friend who mentioned got a GPS. <laughs> yeah, as long as you have a GPS, as long as you don't get too lost. But uh, 
Yeah, uh, they had an interesting idea. It was, uh, um, uh, it was a couple, and what they would do is, I don't know if they did this, but it was an interesting idea, and that was, um, and you kind of have to have two people to do this, but you could come up with some way to do it, I guess, by yourself uh, or have somebody on the phone or something. But they would just, they would drive to a, they would start driving, and when they got to a point where they had to make a decision, small roads, not not highways, but drive a small small town road, and then you get to a point where maybe you have to make a decision, left or right, and the one person wasn't watching, so they would like close their eyes and they would go, okay, we're, I got to make a, I got to make a decision. Which way am I going, left or right? Like, oh, go right. Okay, drive right. Okay, left or right. What am I going to do now? Uh, all right, take a left this time. And the idea was to basically don't pick where you're going. Just mm-hmm. show. Just end up somewhere. It's mm-hmm. uh, and one way to do that if you're interested in not doing it that way, but is to try to do counties because trust me, regardless of where you are in the world, uh, typically there's uh, if you're starting to do the counties or the provinces of where you live or near where you live, you're going to be in places you've never been before mm-hmm. and you have no idea. You know, I've never been here. I'm not sure what I'm. You know. Uh, doing Texas has been an experience like that where you kind of are lost. I mean, you have a GPS. Hopefully you're, you've got some signal of some type, but it's kind of exciting because you've, you know, you're somewhere where you've never been and that, and you never really know what you're going to discover either. Cause it's just like we talk about, uh, Oh, there was this park that I never knew about until geocaching just behind that sort of thing. Just walking around, you discover little things in town, but then if you're driving and you're going on a road trip, and you go to counties or areas you've never been to before because there's a cache there. Yep. No idea what you might discover. Like there's been a few waterfalls that I had no idea about. Right. But I was on a road trip. I'm like, okay, I haven't been here before, and there's one over here, so let's go check it out. And suddenly, out of nowhere, this waterfall appears, and it's like, this is awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you don't know necessarily what's out there until you just go exploring. Yeah. I mean, we ran into this past weekend when when Susan and I went couple things. One is we, we went to a park and we ran into somebody had built a horse out of old horseshoes. I mean, lots of them, <laughs> but they <laughs> built this giant, you know, like a life size. It was literally the size of a, of a, of a, of a, a real horse. And it was all made out of old horseshoes. So it was very cool looking. And um, we ran into, and again, should have been thinking and should have been planning better, but we ran into Shamrock, Texas, which um, doesn't mean much to anybody except for the fact that it's on Route 66, which if you're not familiar with Route 66, do a little reading because it's very interesting. Uh, the Mother Road, as we used to call as it, has been called. But um, if you're familiar with the movie Cars, um, there's a scene in, in Cars with the famous you drop in uh, building the Conoco tower, uh, this little building, but, um, it's very uh, famous, iconic looking or that they put into cartoon like, yeah, cars, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, Tom's familiar with it. He's like cars. Yes. Um, <laughs> but again, it's something we really unfortunately didn't plan for, but just ran across it and we stopped, talked to some people and kind of, uh, you know, it was one of those beautiful things that happened that we didn't plan for. And the only way we could have done that is by getting out and 
getting into areas that, um, yeah, there is a cache. Sherry's right. And we did. We found the cache that was there. Yeah. Um, and that was our, that was the cache for that county for us. So, yeah. And uh, I, I think the aspect of, you know, getting lost once in a while is a good thing, but, you know, be cautious about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, I'd say get lost, but know where you are. <laughs> get sense. lost in safe areas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't go uh, down yeah. weird roads at night. Yeah. <laughs> get lost as in don't have a destination. Yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Explore. Don't like get lost to the point where you have to call in nine one one. Like, yeah, yeah. Be Especially safe. if you're in a conservation area or a park or something with wild animals that don't like you there. Yeah. yeah. So, be get 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 lost safely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the number ten we talked about before: live in the geocaching moment. And why is the dog happier than you? Always remember that. Why is the dog happier than you? Uh, because he is living in the moment and you're not. And you need to be. All right. Um, final thoughts for tonight, Jeff. Uh, I would say geocaching. Like for me personally, at least, I like to call it a hobby. Keep it a hobby. Um, right. Any kind of hobby, any kind of um thing that you do all the time can easily become an addiction and it can control you. So try not to let geocaching become something that controls your life, but let it be something that complements your life, something oh, that good. enhances your, your daily activities. If you do it daily, if not, that's fine too. There's no, there's no rules. Well, I mean, there's guidelines, but there's no rules about, uh, about geocaching in your life. Just let it be what it is. So like some people go uh, with their family once or twice every few months and some people do it daily. This, you know, it's, it is what it is. And just uh, let it be something that makes your life better because it's, it's a tool and it's a vast, wide variety of experiences. It, uh, it can open your mind. It can open your, your life to things you've never known or experienced before. So let it do that. No, that's good. Very good. Good thoughts, my friend. Um, yeah, my couple of things I wrote down before the show. Give back to this great sport. I call it a sport, but that's okay. We can call it a hobby, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> give back uh, in some way. You need to give back. Mm. Make a cash if you ever made a cash. Um, make a fun cash if you ever made a fun cash. You know, make, make a hard cash if you ever made a hard. You know, think about think about what you're doing in that sense. If you've never volunteered at a, at a large event, sign up for a large event and volunteer. Um, if you've never hosted an event, host an event. If nobody shows up, that's okay. At least you hosted an event. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think some people get worried about, and it might be out of their personality. And I understand that if that doesn't fit, Okay. I, I'll I'll add, um, <laughs> not in your personality. That's it's totally like me. Like I'm always I've always been an introvert. I've been yeah. shy. I was the guy who was like least of the bunch as a kid, and I never once imagined that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Back then, like right. it's just because you don't think it's your personality. It, that can change in time. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, step out of the comfort zone mm-hmm. periodically. Um, that's important. So, all right. Uh, a couple items as we wrap up tonight. Um, as I mentioned, next week 
we're going to be doing the Mingo Madness Mega Update live from Mingo. Is that enough M's for you? <laughs> uh, it's going to be a great time. More, another M, information will be given out uh, next Sunday night uh, as we do the show from beautiful metropolis of Colby, Kansas. So join us if you uh, can. If not, uh, we'll be doing, like I said, we'll be doing our regular show at the regular time. And we'll be giving you some very cool updates. I think you will enjoy hearing about it. Even if you're not going to be able to get to go to Mingo next year, I think you'll at least enjoy hearing about some of the things that are going on. Um, and so that's going to be fun. Now, in two weeks... We're going to be doing Let's All Where I Go. So make sure, don't forget, hide your cash somewhere. Um, and if you've never done a Where I Go, that's okay. Hide a traditional somewhere uh, or archive one of them and re, redo the, you know, redo your log and get it ready or whatever you want, whatever you need to do. And we're going to walk through, we're going to try to hide. 30 more where I goes in the world because it'll be fun. So, uh, yes, you're exactly right. That's where Colby was invented. Tom was in Colby, Kansas. So it's the home of, uh, no, uh, Colby is famous for being an oasis in the plains. And they really embrace this idea of, in fact, they've planted palm trees (laughs) In Kansas, so they have a they have a lot of good fun with their, and they they come up with their own little nickname of being Oasis in the Plains. So, good sense of humor on them for that. So, all right, and then three weeks, we're going to do something interesting. We're going to talk about how to create geo art. I have no idea. You said Jeff, you said you did one with a tree, right? Yeah. So I, I created my tree climb trail where the posted coordinates of all the caches form a tree shape and a little bird in the sky. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's perfect. So we're going to talk about how you'd even go about creating um, a, um, a geoart. It'll mm-hmm. be fun. I don't think we've really ever talked about that before. So we're going to talk about the, the nuts and a little bit of the nuts and bolts uh, of how, uh, we would go about doing that. So, all right, let me hit the. I've got some new ones too, by the way. I'm gonna play them real fast because I think they're fun. <laughs> like that one? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and of course, I got the. <laughs> Nobody loves that one. Oh, well. All right. That's a Jimmy Fallon sound. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let me play the final. Folks, we hope you've enjoyed the show tonight as well as our new format. Please email us your comment at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or Spotify, as well as at the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click that subscribe button below and ring that bell notification so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And tell your friends about the show. Get them involved with us in the chat room. And until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go geocaching. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jeff. See everybody next week. See ya. Thanks for coming.